Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney Theme Parks News Podcast. And this is episode 100. Holy cow, I cannot believe that I made it to 100 episodes. I did not think that when I started this podcast that I would ever see the day where I've reached 100. I mean, honestly, I just... I, I had a feeling that for some reason I thought it'd be like just something I'd get tired of doing after a bit, but I just, I completely fell in love with the process uh, of recording. Uh, I've met so many great people over the course of, it's just been over a year now. I celebrated the one year anniversary of the show just last July. Um, yeah, I just, I honestly just can't believe it. When I, when I started this show, I was filling the void of like a really good, Disney news podcast. I feel like I, I didn't have that. Something that could just like tell me the news. Nothing that, something that just didn't have a lot of fluff. Um, and that's something I've still tried to stand by for the most part. Uh, I love having Katie on as my co host uh, and bringing her two cents in. And um, it was, yeah, I, I can't believe, yeah, I met Katie. I got a co host now. Like, I, uh, that's, to me, that's crazy. Uh, it's, but yeah, it's been, it's been a great process, but yeah, I had started this podcast just to, to fill that void and it's evolved and, and it's grown so much over these past 100 episodes. Um, it's, it's just truly, it, it's truly amazing what, I mean, sorry, I'm just going to kind of toot my own horn, but uh, to me, it's just amazing that I I've been able to accomplish 100 episodes and uh, hopefully I can keep going. I really want to, I, I, I truly enjoy doing this. This is just so much fun to me. Uh, it's I've at least I've made the process easier on myself to to continue making these episodes. It's it's not a lot. Uh, the the next few weeks are just super busy. There's a lot going on, uh, and we have a, I have a lot of good content coming out to you guys. Um, um, I'm so proud of starting interview with a cast member. I started that back in November of last year. Um, I think I was about like episode 20 in. I think 21 was the first interview with a cast member. Uh, I'm so proud of where that's gone. I know this this summer was uh, a bit lacking on the interview with a cast member side. Uh, I told you I was taking just like a break for the summer. 
Um, so pretty much when I get back from vacation in September is when I'm going to get into the full swing of things. But uh, I enjoy doing other episodes that are just aren't, uh, that's just not interview with a cast member episode. It, it's, it's a lot of fun, like talking about other things and having other people on. So I do have some pretty cool episodes coming up, so bringing in uh, some other folks that are not cast members, but have like kind of like a, I guess like you could say a specialty uh, about the Disney parks. I'm going to bring them on and, and chat about their time. So those those episodes will be coming out between September, October. Uh, but yeah, I do want to bring more interview with the cast members in. Uh, I know a lot uh, of you just absolutely love those episodes. I always hear great comments on those. Um, so to kind of segue into what we're doing for episode 100, you probably saw by the title now, uh, but this episode is going to be all about interview with a cast member episodes. Uh, I pretty much went back and listened to all of the, uh, interview with a cast member episodes, every single one. I didn't even, I should have counted how many there were. Um, and every single one to me is, is great and I love all of them, but it's, it's tough picking uh, my favorite moments of those episodes. So maybe not, I shouldn't say maybe favorite moments It's more just like whatever story they were telling. I, I really enjoyed listening to what they had to say because each, each person is telling a different story with, uh, the clips that I'm going to share in, in this episode between making like magical moments, uh, or something about, uh, how they had to, um, train for their position or just like a funny story and we have like some sad stories too and it's just like a wide range of different clips from other from the cast members that we had on for the interview with a cast member show so i think there's about uh maybe like 12 clips 10 clips i i, I again i didn't count for that either but i think there's about you'll hear about from like 10 different people that we've had on the past uh yeah just talking about different different things that happened during their their time working on the disney college program or just working as a disney cast member in general so um, again, guys, this, this show wouldn't be anywhere without you. Um, it's, uh, sorry, I'm getting like a little emotional. It's just, it's, you guys have been awesome. You guys have s supported me for, for a hundred episodes now. Uh, it, it truly does mean a lot. And this Disney community has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I'm just so proud that we were able to make it this far. Um, and I can't wait to just do more, um, it's just very exciting. Oh yeah, and I just hit uh, as of the day I'm recording this. I just hit a thousand followers on Instagram. Uh, it's it's been slow, but you know what? That's it's to me that's great. I mean, I've talked about social media on the the past on the show, and um, it's it's tough. Social media is tough. I'm not. I'll be honest. I've talked about it with some people offline. Uh, just how social media can affect you on things and um, maybe I'll have to talk about that another episode but I won't go into it today but yeah uh, it's it's been so great getting to know a lot of you folks out there through social media uh, but yeah so it's great I just hit a thousand followers today we're gonna do uh, episode 100 today as well um, just all very exciting things I'm excited to see where the next hundred go um, for the past, yeah, for, so for the past uh, 100 episodes, you've seen that it was mostly the new show with a lot of interview with the cast members, but uh, I think it, that is going to evolve and change more over the next uh, year. It's still going to be two episodes a week uh, dropping on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, 
but I don't think every week will be an interview with the cast member show because I've just been meeting some really cool people and I always have like a different idea for other episodes. So that'll be coming in. We're going to have uh, some trip reports coming up. Uh, Giovanni, you remember him? He's been on a bunch of episodes this past year. Giovanni has, uh, he's going to be going to Star Wars or to Disney World next week. He's going to be visiting Star Wars, uh, Galaxy's Edge. He's like a huge fan of that. Um, so he, he's going to be coming back, talk about his trip report. Uh, Katie is going away in October. She's got her trip report. I'm going away in November, finally visiting Walt Disney World after a year and a half. I'll get there. I'll have my trip report. Um, but yeah, we got, I got some, a lot of other cool episodes, which I don't want to say right now, but we, we, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, another thing I did want to announce today, um, so I, t- a lot of you know, I have my trip coming up in, uh, sorry, in November. Uh, so I do want to do kind of like a meetup. Uh, it's just not going to be anything crazy or fancy, but I've talked about it on the past where, uh, me and my party will be doing a, um, a monorail crawl or maybe like a bay lake crawl, depending if we stop at world in a sludge. Uh, but we're going to be doing like a bar crawl on Wednesday, November 6th. Uh, I, man, I should make sure I had that date in front of me, but yeah, it's, it should be Wednesday, November 6th. Um, so we're going to be doing, yeah, just a, a fun monorail crawl. Yes, it is the, it is the sixth. I just uh, looked it up. Um, so I'm inviting anyone who is in the Florida area or if you're vacationing down at Walt Disney World at that time, uh, join us on the monorail crawl. I'm going to be with uh, my wife, uh, the two other couples. They're, they're, they're great. You'll have a lot of fun. But if, if anyone wants to come out, I've already talked to a few of you, just kind of giving you like a quick heads up that I'd be announcing it. Uh, some of the people that are uh, friends of the show. Uh, but yeah, so come out, do this monorail crawl with us. I don't have a lot of the details just yet of time or whatever, uh, but if you can keep your evening open, um, right now our plan is to do like a monorail crawl, maybe starting at like three or four. So that means we're going to the different bars around the, the resorts, like the Contemporary, the the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, maybe the World in a Slodge. We got to figure out that because I'm not sure what's going on with the lounges over at the Grand Floridian right now. Uh, yeah, there. I, I know there's a lot of construction going under there uh and then after that there were uh two hours of extra magic hours at the magic kingdom that night from 9 to 11 so we actually plan on doing the extra magic hours after that but sorry that's only for resort guests uh but if you're staying at the resorts come come join us for extra magic hours as well so uh yeah so i i I plan on doing just a like a small access press meetup uh if you have any interest in it uh please reach out to me at matt at access press podcast uh, dot com. You can shoot me an email over there or on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Matt at uh, Matt. Uh, wow. What is it? Excess press podcast. You can find me over there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, ch- I got to see if I could set something up on, uh, the, the Facebook page, like some kind of invite, but, uh, there will be more details to come. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell them on the show as time goes along. But, uh, yeah, if you're around like the first week of November, November 6th, uh, we're going to be doing a monorail crawl. So kind of mark your calendars and let me know if you're interested in going. Cause, uh, would love to meet uh, a lot of you listeners out there. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the one, uh, one thing I had to announce, but all right. So why don't we try to, we, we start getting into the show for today. Now, 
Like I said, there are going to be different clips from different people that were on the, the show in the past. Um, they're, they're not in any particular order. Um, this isn't like a, a top 10 memory list. Uh, it's pretty much just from when they first aired uh, to when they last aired. So uh, the first episode we have is from episode uh, 23. Uh, Jen was on the show and she's going to be talking about... Uh, Actually, well, I was going to say what it was, but she's just going to be talking about like a really cool magical moment that she had uh, when, when she was working at the Disney College program. So that's pretty much the setup for that. So pretty much uh, I'll, I'll play the clip uh, and then I'll come back, uh, just say a little bit something about the next clip and then uh, and then so on. So we got about 10, I think like 10 clips. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, about that. I can't count. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's pretty much how the show is going to run today. So you know what? Why don't we just run the first clip from Jen? So this is Jen from episode 23. This was the second uh, interview with a cast member show. So let's see what Jen had to say about a magical moment. Um, so you were, you were talking about how that's a magical moment for you. What Was there any magical moments that you had created for any of the guests? Definitely. There's definitely a lot. And there's one thing that I always kind of try and tell anybody that's a cast member, about to be a potential cast member, is that like no matter what role you're in, you always have a chance to create a magical moment for a guest, no matter how little or how small. Um, there's always an opportunity in some way and it could be as as little as finding out it's a guest's birthday or their first visit and presenting them with buttons um, just something to to impact their trip and make it special um, I've one of my absolute like favorite memories that I can say was a pin trading story if you're familiar with uh, pin trading at all Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely familiar, but I've stayed away from it because when it comes to <laughs> collecting things, I have a very addictive personality. Yeah. Uh, so the pins are one thing I have not gotten into, but vinylmations is another story. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. Go yeah. on. Yeah. So as cast members, we have the opportunity to have lanyards with pins um, to be able to pin trade with uh, with the guests, and so one night. I had a little guest approach me. He was probably maybe like 12 or 13 years old. Um, and he asked to look at my pins. And so I was showing him my pins and he looked at his mom and he was like, oh, she doesn't have it either. And of course, like that just intrigues me a lot. And so I started talking with them and I found out that he had started pin trading this week on his trip and it was of course the last night of his trip and he was like really after like this one set and he was one pin away from completing this set and so I was like oh one pin away huh and so I was like do you have a photo or can you describe to me like what one pin you're looking for and rather than you guys trying to go from cast member to cast member I was like I'll go around and see if they have it and that way you can shop if you have um, any last minute gifts that you have to get and they were like, yeah, definitely. So he explained what pin it was to me. And so I was like racing on stage, like from cast member to cast member, like checking out everybody's lanyards to see if I could find this pin and I couldn't. So I was like, all right, let me go backstage and see if anybody backstage has this pin. And so I'm searching and I'm searching and I cannot find this pin at all. And it's like breaking my heart that I'm gonna have to go up to this boy and just tell him that like, I don't have this pin for you. And so, 
It was like a split minute decision and I decided to run downstairs into the utilidors and we have a, a pin trading booth down there where the cast members can exchange their pins. And you're only allowed to do it once a day. Um, and I ran down there and it was still open and I pleaded with the cast member that was working the booth if, like, to, let, to see if they had this pin and, and if I could have it. And at first they said no. Um, they were like, no, you can't just ask for a specific pin. You know, there's certain rules and guidelines around it. And I said to them, I was like, please, like, you don't understand. I have this, this guest upstairs and he, he's going to be devastated if I don't come back with this pin. Like, I need this pin and you can write down my name and, I, and I, I won't come and trade in any other pins this week, like I promise, but I really, really need this pin. Um, and so again, it must've been my lucky night because they gave me the pin and I put it on my lanyard and I ran upstairs and I found the family. And the little boy like kind of just like was like looking at me like to see what I had in my hands. And instead of my hands, I had put it on my lanyard. So I just held up my lanyard and I was like, hey, do you want to see if there's any pins that you want to trade me for? And as soon as he saw it, like his face just like lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, and he was like, she has it. And his mom was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. Um, and so we were able to pin trade it and he was just like, he was ecstatic. And it's just like one of those things, you know what it's like being a kid and you could be on like the best vacation and ride all the rides and eat as much ice cream as you want. But if like there was one goal or one thing that you had set in your mind and you couldn't achieve it, I was just so nervous. He was going to say like he had a terrible vacation because he couldn't find the rest of his pin, that pin set. So it was really cool. Man, that was a great story. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It did bring like a little tear to my eye because that's, <laughs> I mean, that is so neat that you went above and beyond for this kid. Um, and I, I think, I think when it comes to Disney, like when, when you're younger, you don't like, yeah, of course you remember the rides, but you'll remember the the little things like that. I mean, like yeah. you were saying, you remember that cast member helping you with the parade, and I'm sure that's a, that's a memory that that kid will not forget. Um, but I think the more important question is, what was the pin? I think I think everyone needs to know what this pin was. <laughs> I, I truly, I couldn't even tell you if you put the whole set in front of me. I mean, it was just... I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. I, I see. I see how it is. You're not going to tell us. It's all good. No, that's that's truly an, an an amazing story. I mean, I was. Yeah, I still remember that as like one of the favorite stories that have been told on this episode. I just love how she just true just went above and beyond for for this little kid. So, uh, yeah, catch if you want to listen to the whole episode. That was episode twenty three. All right, so for this next clip comes from Alex, who was on episode 27. She was a dancer over at Disneyland. So she was in a lot of the different parades. Uh, we spent a long time talking about uh, a lot of things that uh, she had done over there. So it was a lot of fun chatting with her. Uh, this kind of story to set it up, she's gonna be talking a little bit about the paint, the night parade, and then her meeting with Steve Davison. So. Uh, why don't we see what she has to say? Yeah, so with Paint the Night, that was a, a totally different experience because it had originated in, in Hong Kong. And um, when we brought it out to America, there was, such, there was such demand for it. Like people really wanted that parade to come over yeah. here. I mean, it's a beast. Like, it really was a beast in and of itself. Um, and we added a, a, 
a frozen float. So we had Elsa's ice castle with Elsa and Anna and Olaf hanging out um, too in the parade. But um, we were the second generation of costumes for you know the original cast of America here um, at Disneyland. But man, oh man, those costumes were super heavy. Um, and so that just put an extra demand on the performer, you know, doing choreography with these costumes ranged from like 15. I think the heaviest was 38 pounds in the parade. Um, well, you, because it has like lights on them, right? Yeah. And correct. You, okay. Yep. And you get harnessed in and you have like a utility belt, essentially of battery packs for these lights that you get plugged into. So, um, you know, an average day for that would be like, you go in, you check in, you clock in, you do your makeup, you warm up. And then you, you get your costume put on you by a costumer. So you pretty much just stand, you have your basic unitard and everything under, and then you stand there and they strap you in, harness you in, um, and then plug in all of your lights into your battery packs that are around your waist. Um, and then you, you know, load in to step off from small world or, or uh, town square to do the parade. And you know, we would be going down route and things would come unplugged. So we'd have to run over to our lead and get plugged in or costume pieces would break. Um, so that's why for that parade, the reason I brought it up is there were so many executives that showed up and it was really cool. Like me being a Disney nerd and, and being fascinated by the brains of just, and the creativity of these directors. Um, I was kind of fangirling over a lot of them, uh, like I said, with Steve Davidson, but they'd come in and watch our rehearsals in the studio and then they'd pull out their chairs on Main Street, which is like not fair because that's three quarters of the way down the route. So by the time you got there, you were exhausted um, and you'd have to put on your best performance for um, them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, they're going to want to see, yeah. see that you're doing uh, doing your 100% yeah. all the way through. Yeah. So, um, but that was cool. Uh, and, and then, you know, I actually met, I'm totally forgetting his name, but the president of Disneyland Resort at the time came up and was just asking me my opinion of, of the costumes. Cause obviously they wanted to make it, you know, safety begins with me. That's our first key. And, um, they wanted to make sure we were all safe and taken care of and like any adjustments they could be made, you know, to the costumes. So, that was a really extensive rehearsal process. I want to say we had like at least six overnights for that parade. Um, hmm. So it was it was pretty crazy. Um, and my embarrassing story with Steve Davison is he was sitting in the rehearsal hall and we were about to step off for a parade. And I walked up to him and was like, hi, Steve, like all nervous. And I was like, hmm. I was like, hi, Steve. Um, I know who you are and I just wanted to say I'm a big fan like just like that and then I walked away I like shook his hand and like ran away because I was just so like oh my god <laughs> I shook Steve Davis's hand <laughs> <laughs> which is so like looking back I'm like geez he probably thought who's that girl but um yeah I mean it was <laughs> just funny. such like looking back it was an honor to be a part of that um you know through the blood sweat and tears but it was it was pretty cool to see it all go up um you know on That's the 60th awesome. anniversary too. So yeah. So did you do any other parades after Paint the Night? Nope. Just Paint the Night, Sensational, and Christmas were the three parades I did. That entire episode, Alex just kept wowing me with the amount of just, I guess, hard work she had to go through to become a dancer. 
Uh, her the training for it, the audition process was super tough. If if you didn't listen to her episode, make sure you go back to episode 27 uh, and listen to everything she had to say because it's so interesting. What yeah, she just had to put her body go through, and you heard some of that with uh, the paint the night stuff and. Yeah, it was also fun listening uh, her story about how she met Steve Davison, and uh, he is one of the lead uh, creative executives of Parades and Spectaculars for Walt Disney. Um, So yeah, she kind of uh, fangirled out over that, but yeah. So make sure you go ahead and listen to Alex's full episode. Um, All right, so what do we have next? Okay, so I kind of like this one because this is a story that came from uh, Eric, who was on episode 29. Uh, And he gives us uh, some pretty cool, like behind the scenes, like kind of like Disney trivia when uh, he was going to Animal Kingdom one day as he, he worked at the Disney College program. So uh, let's see what he had to say about that. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I, you know, I, I guess another distinct memory that pops up is that cast members have the um, option or opportunities to do like a lot of behind the scene tourist things that most normal people can't really do. So when I was, during my first program, I was able to do a behind the scene tour of Mount Everest over at Animal Kingdom. Now, when, when me and some of the other cast members that signed up for the tour arrived, we could not locate our manager who was supposed to meet us there. So, unknowingly, we kind of swiped into the cast service side through the side of Animal Kingdom. And we weren't sure if we were allowed to because we saw like a lot of zookeepers going in too. But we were like, well, we don't know how to get into the park because it's so close right now. Nobody's really here to help us. So we're just going to try and sneak through. Um, Animal Kingdom is huge. It's the biggest park out of them all, and that's naturally so because they needed to house all the animals. So what some people don't know is that Animal Kingdom, their back lots for the cast members, they use bicycles for their transportation. So when we swiped in, there was like a whole rack of just bicycles there. So we all that's up- <laughs> That's so cool. I'd never heard of that. <laughs> we didn't know about that either. We were just like, these are here. Can we just can we just take them? So it was me and the, um, I think there was maybe like six or seven of us in total. We just took the bicycles and we just rode as close as we could get to Asia. And then once we were able to find a sign that said, you know, this is the entrance over into the Asia, um, part of Animal Kingdom where Everest is, we kind of just like left the bikes there and just like ran into Asia and that's where we found our manager. So we never told anyone that, but um, yeah, I if, if you ever happen yourself in the back lot of Animal Kingdom, they use bikes for transportation. That's so funny. Um, what, so, because it's the, the first person that I interviewed on the show, he also did that same tour. So you were able to go up into the mountain and, and see the Yeti and all that, correct? Yes. Um, yes. He was terrifying. Um, he was huge. Um, I know that he was standing up straight because I know originally, um, I've never experienced the ride in its original form. I know originally the Yeti was supposed to be coming down, you know, trying to swipe at you mm-hmm. when you're on the roller coaster. But they, from what I was told, they originally they had to get rid of that part of the ride in the sense where it swiped at you because the the Imagineers that imagine that created the ride and designed the ride did not put into account how much the Yeti actually weighed. So every time he would come down to swipe at you, he was actually bringing part of the the mountain that he was attached to down with him. So I don't know how many people actually know that, but that's what I was told by the by the tour people that were giving us our tour experience. So that's why they put him up front now instead, and so he no longer swipes at you because he was actually bringing the whole place down. 
Well, I never knew that part. I mean, I knew that if they need to fix this thing, they have to close it down for maybe six or more months or even longer to refurb it to like, I know, make make it more structurally uh, structurally sound inside. In order for them to actually fix him, they would, they would have to very literally open up a hole in the mountain to remove him. And he weighs like a good ton or so. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I've heard. And I, I have a... I feel like now that Avatar is open, they could do that because they, I feel like there are enough other attractions in Animal Kingdom to like finally warrant them fixing that, but maybe now it's not is, worth now, the money. Sorry? Now there is, that was, no, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, Bam, you're right. Now there is, that was the rumor going around was that once Avatar were open, that would give them a chance to close down Everest to do the refurbishment for that. Whether or not that will actually happen, um, I'm not entirely sure. I was seriously hoping that at this past D23 Expo that we were finally going to get some news about uh, Everest being fixed and ha or having the Yeti be fixed and maybe something was going to be replacing it. Uh, I did I did think there was going to be a new ride that was going to be announced at Animal Kingdom. That did not happen whatsoever. Um, and I guess maybe we'd hear some news on the, the Yeti being fixed, but we didn't. But yeah, it's it's fun listening to that Dis Disney trivia because uh, it's just the Yeti has been down for so long and it's I don't know when it is coming back. But yeah, I thought that was just a, a fun story that I wanted to include. Uh, and speaking of more fun stories, uh, we're now heading over to episode 37 where we had Brandy on the show and she was talking about uh, well, she was. She actually played a lot of different costume characters. She had two parts. Uh, we have a clip from her first part, which again is episode thirty-seven, and she has a, a couple stories about uh, what happened uh, during the parades. Uh, so it's or it's some backstage um, madness, I guess you could say. So let's see what Brandy has to say. So I guess I could tell you if you, since you seem to like this kind of thing, I can tell you one, uh, two moments. Uh, actually, both of them are Spectrum Magic related, so I think you'll like them as well. Uh, so I was rehearsing for the Spectrum Magic Parade as Mickey, um, and they did not have enough Mickey heads. Um, so the approval run for that, we had to get up on the Spectrum Magic float and we had to perform because uh, Mickey's a routine because it's, you know, you have to zap in time. It's not particularly hard but you did have to go through a four hour rehearsal for that. So they want to make sure you're zapping in time and they didn't have enough Mickey heads and they didn't really, they only had two spectrum magic Mickey costumes. So they didn't want, there was four or five people in the rehearsal with me because they could not get anybody to do spectrum, spectrum Mickey. I told you the costume is very uncomfortable. Um, so very few people wanted to do it. Uh, people would usually call out, you know, it's, kind of a thing <laughs> with entertainment. They'll be like, I don't want to do it, you know, and they'll just call out. And uh, thankfully, entertainment's a pretty big place, so if somebody calls out, they're pretty replaceable. Um, but we didn't have enough heads, so I put on a mini head, and it was mini without a bow. So it was just like kind of a Mickey head, but with like the eyeshadow and, and eyelashes. And we didn't have the costume, so I was just wearing, uh, we have basics that they make us wear which is pretty much just like a barcoded pair of sweatpants and a gray t-shirt with a barcode on it. And uh, so I was wearing this gray t-shirt with a barcode on it and these baggy sweatpants because I was wearing them baggy because apparently I'm just sloppy. I don't know. I liked them that way. And sneakers and 
Mickey gloves and this mini head with no bow. And so my perfect human arms are just exposed. And I'm doing the routine, of course. I'm like, all right, this is my approval run. I've got to do this good. They've got to approve me because I thought it was a great role. So I wanted to do it. And in the middle of my approval run, as I'm up there with this mini head, looking a fool, just doing this routine, because it's like me and just this head and gloves, a behind the tour magic, or behind the magic tour, I don't know what it's called. It's like, runs, like, a, like a Keys of uh, the Kingdom tour? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> runs up to this little rope that's like separating the floats from everybody else and they all run up and they're just watching as I am just ruining their lives with this <laughs> human body, oh. Mickey hands, oh, and I'm no. doing this Spencer magic routine and I'm like, <sighs> and I want to stop doing it because I'm looking at these people as their jaws are dropping. Because oh. like I said, I, I'm, I'm curvy. I'm definitely not a guy, you know, so... <laughs> I'm like, this is so embarrassing. And so I couldn't stop because it was my approval run as well. I couldn't be like, oh, anybody want to grab those people? I'm like, nope. I just kept going with it as people were like, oh, my God. And the same thing happened with Mickey when they have the kids uh, play in the band before Spectrum Magic. Mickey walks without his head and then he gets forklifted up. Uh, onto the flow and the kids are like oh my god mickey's a girl i'm like yeah <laughs> here i am because wow. they see the whole thing and these are teenagers as well they're in the band and so i'm like hey what's up like you know i can't really say anything and so i'm up there on my float without my head on i want to wait until the last moment to put that on and it was just so embarrassing every single time and but that one with the keys to the kingdom tour i was like i am mortified like, cause I, if it was, it would be different if I was in my full costume and I could like character it up and be like, Oh, hey everyone, you know, like something like that. Instead, it's like me, just like me up there with a mini head. <laughs> like, and so it was really embarrassing. And then another Spectrum Magic, uh, embarrassment, uh, Donald, his Velcro, his, his little duck body gets Velcroed up, like almost like a tank top, but it gets Velcroed. And my Velcro stopped working in the very beginning of the parade, like in the main street hub over by the candy shop. Uh-huh. Very beginning of the parade. So my Velcro stops working. And I don't know how this managed not to get on YouTube or anything like that, but the entire duck body fell down to my ankles. <gasps> what? And I think it might be because I'm so short that it didn't show any of my basics or anything like that, but the duck body just fell. So it was still duck the whole way up, but it just goes like just to my ankles, drooping at my feet. So I did the only thing I could think of, and I just sat down on the float. Just like, (laughs) and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And oh then my, a, oh, <laughs> I'm sitting there so embarrassed. It's literally like losing your pants in front of a crowd. Yeah, that's uh, that's horrible. Wow. Yep. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. There's 100,000 people here. And I just lost my pants, essentially. And finally, a captain, because there's captains among, along the parade route, um, pulled me down off the float. I just jumped down off of the float and just <laughs> held the duck butt up as I walked. <laughs> <laughs> As I walked off the parade route, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it was just so embarrassing. So, those are, if, if so many people think it's just like 
a lot of just rehearsed stuff. I've walked into a tree as a character before. Oh, um, yeah, and it's really embarrassing. So I feel the embarrassment even if it's not me, if it's the character. Like, yeah. if I trip and fall on my face, I'm like... Oh wow! It's me. It's me. It's so me. You know. Yeah. So it does. It does happen. People think that it doesn't happen, but it totally does. Like it, characters embarrass themselves all the time. Um, I became a pro at walking in those feet, but that does not mean that I did not trip and fall on my face a yeah. hundred times before that. So uh-huh. uh, that is something that you don't like. Look forward to it. Yeah. But if a character does trip and fall, help them up and just ignore it you know the the worst thing you could do is make a big deal about it because they're probably trying to p- pretend it didn't happen <laughs> like. i just love those stories so much especially the uh the whole mickey head situation yeah just a lot of fun hearing those stories from brandy and she had a lot more to say uh so make sure you go ahead and check out that episode in part two as well Uh, So yeah, that was episode 37 that that came from. So uh, now we're just going to move on over to the next one, which is from episode 39. So we had Myrissa joining us for that show. And this is a very short but uh, sweet story about her meeting a famous uh, Star Wars actor. So uh, let's see uh, who she met uh, when she was working at Hollywood Studios. Nice. Yeah. It's, were there any other moments like that that you remember that that stuck out? The not magical moments. Like the one moment that stuck out the most to me was during Star Wars weekends. Um, and this is one of my favorite stories to actually tell. Um, <laughs> I was working one of the popcorn carts during Star Wars weekends, and this was the year and the only year that Mark Hamill a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, came to Star Wars weekends. Mm-hmm. And so we were selling, like, these Darth Vader popcorn buckets and Stormtrooper drink signs and stuff like this. And this guy comes up, and he orders one of each. And I'm like, okay, and I tell him his total, it's like 40-some dollars, because this stuff's expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I tell him our required language, which is, may the force be with you, and he just laughs and says, you too. And the person working the cart with me was like, you you really just made him pay for that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. And he's like, do you not realize who that was? I was like, no. And he's like, that was Mark Hamill. Oh. I was like, I was like who the heck is Mark Hamill? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> because I was just so focused on getting, because there was a line. And I was just like so focused on getting the people through the line that I wasn't even paying attention to who I was meeting. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> and it's just, that's kind of hilarious that you said, may the force be with you to him. Yeah. Oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I just love that story. I, can, I can't imagine what the other people around her were thinking. Just like, oh my God, that's, that's Mark Campbell. There he is. That's him. That's him. But she just had like no idea. So I just think that was very innocent and sweet and funny and uh, hilarious all at the same time. All right. So for our next clip, this is actually from the very first episode that my co-host Katie was on. So Katie was on episode 47, giving her interview with a cast member uh, episode. So, yeah, we talked a a bit um, on that show and. Uh, I kind of like the story about how she met one of her best friends. Uh, Her best friend was April, who I don't have the episode uh, on me at the time, 
or on me right now. I think it was maybe episode 41. I can't remember. But April was also on a, an interview with the cast member show. And Katie and April met at Walt Disney World. So this is just the, the kind of fun story of, of how they met. So I think, I think this is pretty cool. So uh, Katie, let's see what you had to say. Um, actually, before I forget, I wanted to talk about, so we mentioned at the beginning of the show, your friends with April, who was on the, the show a few weeks ago. I just want to hear your side of the story because April had mentioned that I believe she had missed the bus yes. and oh. she was, she, I guess she needed a ride back to the apartment. So what, what was your side of the story to that? So definitely sympathize with her missing the bus. <laughs> so my first month there, I didn't actually have my car. And I think my mom got annoyed at me for calling her at midnight all the time because the bus would leave me behind. This is not a rare occurrence. It happened a oh, lot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it happened a lot. <laughs> they have since gotten rid of that bus company, thank the Lord. Um, but so I actually did have my car once after a month in, in there. So um, it was just another normal day. It was pretty quiet in the shop, and I was just working at one of the registers, tidying. I'm not sure what I was even doing. And then this girl came in. Um, about my age and she looked like a guest. She didn't look like a cast member at all. So I just start talking to her and then I come to find out, oh yeah, my the transfer left me behind. I'm like, oh girl, I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, but I was like, hey, I'm I'm getting off work in 15 minutes. We live in the you know the same area. Do you want me to just drive you home? Um, and I I don't know what made me ask. I mean, I I don't know why I thought that you know driving home a complete stranger would be a good idea, but <laughs> it ended up absolutely perfect so we i got off work and got her um out through the back and then we drove home and we were listening to taylor swift the whole way home and we just instantly bonded <laughs> um and she she turned into my absolute best friend that i met in my program um i still talk to her almost daily we've gone to disney quite a few times together now um and it's just it, it's just i don't know incredible it, someone brought her <laughs> into that stupid shop and it, we were destined to be best friends. Yeah, that's that's a really cool moment, and I, I, I that's really that's really special that that was able to happen to you guys. And it's good to see you guys are uh, still going to the parks today and, and enjoying it. So yeah, we actually found out that she is also going to be down at Disney with her family the same days that I'll be there with my family. Completely unplanned. Oh no, kidding! Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> We'll have completely different itineraries, but we'll definitely meet up at least at one point. Oh, you have see to. See each other. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, she's my best friend, but yet here my family is, and they've never met her, and I've never, well, I've met her mom, but I haven't met anyone else, so it'll nice. be uh, it'll be awesome. Yeah, plan at least, like, one night to maybe all of you meet at, like, Disney Springs and go get some cocktails yeah. and stuff like that, so. For sure. We'll definitely have to get together. It's weird to think that that's how Katie and I met for the first time of her coming on that episode. And it's just been a blast her having her as my co-host for so long now. And yeah, it's she was on, I think, right after that episode, there was a there was a ton of Star Wars Galaxies news that had just come out, like a lot of details were dropped. And I needed someone on the show to talk to me about it. And I couldn't get anyone. And I asked her because she was just on and I thought she was great. I asked her if she wanted to do the episode, and she did it, and she was phenomenal. She just did a really great job, and uh, I just love the presence that she brought to the podcast and still does to this day. She has just a, a really fun ball of energy that always comes out, and 
Uh, there's we have a good yin and yang. Uh, we we always butt heads on things, especially when it comes to uh, like dining plan options and stuff like that. But yeah, it's always it's been just a, such a blast having uh, Katie on the show with me. So uh, hopefully, uh, Katie, if you're listening, hopefully you will continue doing this for as long as you can because it's yeah it's a blast having you on the show. So, all right, let's move on to the next clip. So we have Danny coming in next, who was on episode 51, and she is talking about uh, some of the, the, the magical moments that were that she didn't create, but some of the magical moments that were created for her. I remember there was one day where I came into work and I just was not having a good day. I had a really bad morning, a really tough afternoon. I was um, struggling with something from one of my classes that I was doing online. And it was one of those days where you're like, you know, I really just want to stay at home and cuddle up with a blanket and watch TV. And, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't do that. I had to go into work. And the first person I interacted with completely changed my attitude around. I felt so thankful to them for making my day instead of the other way around. And that is an interaction that I will always remember. And they just made, they made me happy. You know, they made me feel comfortable. They had made magic for me instead of me making magic for them. And that's an experience that I will always treasure because it's the shoe was on the other foot. And that was amazing. <laughs> so, so tell, tell us a little, a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. So it was someone that was, they were visiting from, I think it was Georgia and it was their first time there and they had a lot of different questions and they wanted advice on how to get around the parks. And they, what they really wanted was they asked me to plan my perfect day at Disney, not their perfect day, but they said to me, what do you like to do when you go to the parks? What is your, you know, go-to spot for a fast pass? What that do was going to be my question. That was going to be my question mm-hmm. to you very soon. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I'll give you the answer, I promise. (laughs) But they basically had me plan my perfect day instead of helping me plan their perfect day. And the fact that they cared what I thought and they cared what I enjoyed doing was amazing because I I don't think I've ever had another interaction like that in the almost eight years that I've been in hospitality. I haven't received the energy that they had in that conversation I've never received from someone before. And I, and I still haven't. And it was just an amazing experience. It was so wonderful to have someone be that invested in my opinion on where I was working and wanting to know what I did and how much I enjoyed being there so that they could enjoy what they do when they're there. That's it. I, I actually really appreciate that story because I, I I like to interview cast members because I I truly do appreciate everyone that works at Disney World and I I try to be like that guest where mm-hmm. I like to ask the cast members their opinions on like hey what's your what's your favorite snack or if you're at food mm-hmm. and wine or something hey what's your favorite thing that you like to get around here uh, I always I always really like to get their opinion because it's again I always say this like cast members have so much insight and experiences mm-hmm. um, about everything about the park. So I think, I think there's a lot to learn f- from you I guys. Agree. So, I agree a hundred percent. And it, it was an ent- interaction that afterwards had almost left me speechless that I was so taken back that someone would be willing to go out of their way to 
want my opinion on something that they, you know, they simply could have asked anyone and they could have said, oh, we, you know, we don't care what you have to say. We can just go on our way and figure it out. But they wanted to know what I loved most and where I went to eat and what my favorite drink to have was in the park or what my favorite snack was to have, just like you had said. And that was something that, you know, really opened my eyes to, wow, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so lucky to have this job and, and interact with people like that. See, I love stories like that because when I when I talk to cast members, I really try to dive deep dive into what they're thinking. I, I just love talking to them and getting out all the knowledge I can from them. And again, I say this all the time, but that's exactly why I started the interview shows. And yeah, it, that just kind of proves of why you should always be just kind to cast members and maybe make some magical moments for for them. Uh, yeah, so Danny, thank you for that story. So yeah, make sure you check her episode out on uh, episode fifty-one, and she was uh, she had that was that was a two-part episode as well. So she had uh, another episode after that. All right, so now we're actually jumping to episode seventy, uh, where Christy's coming in and talking about some of the things uh, she did uh, making magical moments at Kilimanjaro safaris. So this was this is one story I particularly like. So uh, let's see what Christy has to say. Yeah, we um we had a lanyard at the at like the greeter position. So I love to give away pins for people. Um, I probably gave away too many pins. Whoops. Oh well. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then we have um, little things called no strings attached cards that if, you know, we saw something that needed to be done, uh, like, you know, you dropped your ice cream or um, sometimes I would overhear people saying like, oh, I'm so thirsty. You know, I would try to do like little things like just to kind of brighten their day. And then um, one time I actually had uh, just a really like frustrated, like young adult gentleman come up to me um, and they had had to leave the line because somebody had to use the restroom and the, it, the line was very long at this point I want to say it was like two hours or more um, and you know they, he was like I can't find my family you know it, so we were trying to like track them down and it was just a kind of a big mess and they finally all came together in the front of the line with me and um, so I just for most things, if we needed to get something done, we just, you know, you would just do it. But I wanted to get them on the ride because they had been waiting a very long time and <laughs> the rest of the family had to leave the queue. And like, it was just, it was very dramatic. Just <laughs> um, And so I got, I actually got to walk them kind of like behind the scenes and get them right onto a truck. Um, so that was really, that was just a really fun moment. And they were super, super grateful um, but for that, I actually called my manager and I was like, I have people here that I just need, um, you know, I need to walk back in. Uh, so I personally like walked them and, um, you know, the managers were great. They're like, OK, no problem. Be right there. You know, it was never like any kind of like hassle. Like they always just trusted that you were doing the right thing for the guests. And I loved I loved that. It was a great, it was a great job and it's a standard for every job that I have now. Like, are you going to be able to trust me and let me, you know, take care of people and, um, you know, be able to empower myself then, then yes. So (laughs) that was a great opportunity. 
Yeah, I love how the, the Disney leadership just really trusts their employees of just making the right decisions and making those magical moments for, for people when when they do need it. I mean, they were in a tough spot, and yeah, I just, I just thought that was a pretty neat story. All right, so we are now jumping to episode 72. We have just uh, three more stories left, and uh, these are honestly some of my favorites, I should say. So uh, so we're uh, jumping to episode 72. This is a bit longer of a story, but I, I just I love listening to it. Uh, this is Lindsay talking about uh, becoming a guide on the great movie ride. So she really goes in and just talks about the, the trials and tribulations of, yeah, wanting to become a, a guide on the great movie ride. So, uh, yeah, strap in because, you know what, we don't have the great movie ride anymore. So it's always good when we could talk about it. So that, that, that ride cannot be forgotten. So, all right, Lindsay, let's see what you have to say. Pretty terrified. I actually wrote it when I found out I was going to be on there. I wrote it with my brand new roommate, and we actually looked for like hidden projector screens where they had the lines for people to read. And I was like, "Oh, it's got to be here. They can't memorize all this. There's no way." And um, so yeah. But as far as the interview process, I did the phone interview. I talked to them about really wanting to be a part of just making that magic for families, really being involved with that. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how I got it, to be perfectly honest. I'm very grateful that I did because I absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, people would ask me all the time when they found out, I mean, all the college program would be like, oh, what'd you get, what'd you get? And I would say, I got a tour guide. And they're like, oh my gosh, that was my dream job. Like. How much acting experience do you have? You must have a ton. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> so it's like Disney trying to like maybe push you out of your comfort zone or something like that. But I definitely think so. They yeah. must have saw something in me that I didn't see quite off the bat. But yeah. it ended up working out, and I really loved it. Did you have like a fear of public speaking at all, or, or were you fine with it? okay with it um as far as public speaking the main thing i was terrified of was just the sheer amount you have to memorize and in such a short period of time yeah no that definitely seems like a lot um yeah so kind of talk to me about like so you now you have you have the position you go through like your the the traditions for just Disney in general. So what was, how did they kind of throw you in there? Like, how did you start training for this? What what tactics did you do to memorize those lines? Um, so the first day I went in and I think it was like a 7 a.m. shift and I met my trainer and he gave me this huge packet of the lines and he was like, here are your lines, like you'll have to memorize them. And I even looked at him and I was like, wait, there's no projector. And he laughed at me, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, he was like, all right, so it's Monday. So you're going to be going live in front of guests fully memorized on Wednesday. Two, two days. Yes. Wow. Two days. It was, and it was seven to five shift Monday, seven to five shift Tuesday. And then like a five to like nine shift on Wednesday. So not only was it two days, but it was like, working 
full days that, I mean, they did give you some time to memorize, but when you were working, you were learning how to drive the vehicles and kind of like the show blocking and things like that. And all the other, I mean, pieces of great movie ride, like the loading the vehicles, um, working the line, managing the ropes, things like that. Okay. So you had to do all of those positions. Cause I guess it's similar. We've had some people on that worked Kilimanjaro safaris, because they so they did the, they drove the vehicle and did the tour guide, but they also worked every position. So I, th- you're saying you did the same thing, right? Where you had the yeah. you not only were the tour guide, but you did everything. Yep. Okay. So then, how yeah. many how many like positions do you would you say there are? Um, within Great Movie Ride. You could just like round it up, like you don't have to list like everyone. Ten. Okay. Probably ten different positions. And then you're also, they pull people from Great Movie Ride to do, um, like, the shows outside. So, like, Galaxy Far, Far Away, the March of the First Order, as well as the fireworks. So it's also learning all those, too. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. They pull people from Great Movie Ride, or at least they did. I'm, I'm pretty sure they, well, not Great Movie Ride anymore. Yeah. <laughs> May rest but, in um, peace. A few different rides and shows they pull to work the um shows and fireworks okay so so for those like first two days like what how did you memorize those lines because i assume you're also training for the other Mm -hmm. positions so like how did what did you do to memorize those lines so when i went home after work i highlighted made notes everything like that i also made a recording of myself saying the lines and would listen to it and kind of say it along while I was listening to it on my phone. And then I would also, <laughs> I would um, fall asleep to it because I was like, I need to get in as much time as I can. I think that's that's a great idea though. I would have never thought of that. The the whole recording thing, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so then it was like, even if I wasn't with my script, I could still be listening to it and practice saying it along with it. Yeah, it just kind of becomes like muscle memory after a yeah. while. So it's funny because I had a conversation at uh, my friend's birthday this past weekend and he listens to my show and he he had always thought the intro to my show where I say like, uh, welcome to Access Press Podcast and blah, blah, blah. Like he thought that was a pre-recorded thing that I just use every single week. Oh, but, wow. But I, I have to re-record it because I say the date and the episode. And I'm like, no, I have to re-record that every single day. He's like, oh, really? So, I mean, it's like that where it just becomes muscle memory after a while and you just you know how to use the uh what's the word i'm looking for you just kind of know how to say it after a while so i assume that's what would happen to you you just kind of get in a rhythm of how yeah. to like say certain scenes and stuff like that definitely uh neat so okay so then wednesday wednesday comes about now and then and then what happens to the first time you had to uh, use your lines I actually was able, so they'll um, send you with your trainer and they'll send kind of like an empty vehicle. So you'll still do everything as you would if there was guests on it, but it'll just be no guests. Just to, and then after that, your trainer will give you notes and kind of say like, oh, you forgot this word. I mean, it was word for word. Like he would say, like there was one time I was like, welcome aboard at this time. I'd like to ask that everyone, whatever. And he'd be like, actually it's at this time we'd like to. And so it was like, it was that particular. So they would give notes after each time. And then if you were doing well, 
they would be like, all right, this time we're going to put people on it. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so. Wow. So you have to be that specific? Yes. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, they're not going to be watching you every time. I can't imagine that you would have have all that. I mean, I know you memorized it, but I can't, I can't think that you'd be that specific every single time. I mean, would they judge you on that at all or no? Yeah, and they would actually, um, sometimes they would just kind of have like a leader or a manager ride a random show and just kind of do like a spot check and oh, make okay. sure we were all doing it the same. Wow, that's that's pretty intense. So, yeah. so was it after a while, was it just easy for you to, to pick it all up? Yeah, um, once you got it, I mean, I was, while in my CP, I lived in the apartment complex and I shared a bedroom and my roommate would say that I would say to my sleep, especially in the (laughs) beginning. So once you got it, it definitely stuck. Yeah, that that story just honestly blows my mind because I have no idea how she can remember that. I mean, I, I people have been doing it for years on the Great Movie Ride. It's been around for so long. But that's honestly something I I can't do. I don't have the skill for that. So, yeah, I just thought that was a really fun story. I I love uh, just hearing. I just love stories about the Great Movie Ride. It's still one of my favorites, and it is sad that it's gone. Uh, I'm just really hoping that uh, Mickey's Runaway Railway, whatever it's called, is gonna gonna fill its shoes because it has some big shoes to fill. So. All right, so now we are heading over to episode 79, where friend of the show CJ will be talking about uh, kind of a sadder story, um, but I, I think it's a good one, and I, I do want to share this on the show, but yeah, CJ's been on the show in the past. Uh, she's been on a bunch of episodes. Um, we had a trip report with her. She was talking about Galaxy's Edge when it first opened. Um so yeah, let's uh, let's kind of hear the story that CJ has to share. Well, this one's kind of sad, so I'm just going to warn you about that now. Um, when I transferred to guest services, uh, we worked at both Disneyland Hotel and the Grand Californian Hotel. Um, I understand now it's changed where guest services, you work either one or the other, but not both. But anyways, at this, at this time I was working Disneyland hotel and one of the lifeguards actually called and I think she was new because she was asking me about making magic for somebody. And I was like, uh, you need to talk to your lead or your manager cause you can make magic for them. Um, and then I heard more of the story, the same guest that was, that she was trying to make magic for. Um, it was a mom, a dad, and a daughter. It was the daughter's birthday. The dad had found out like earlier that day that he had cancer and only had three weeks left to live. And they just like packed up the car and drove st- straight to Disneyland from Arizona. They didn't even know if there was a room available for them. And luckily there was. And so this lifeguard had heard the story from this little girl and she was trying to make magic for her. And it eventually got back to guest services and we were all trying to do things for them. Um, I don't remember if they got comps park tickets or not but we were able to get them into ariel's grotto and a couple other experiences um but i also had a friend from like my personal life that worked on the frozen show and so i contacted her and said hey this we have this family here's the situation this daughter really really loves frozen is there anything you guys can do and she's like yeah let me arrange vip seating for them and so we got them into vip seating and then the next day we got an email saying that the father had passed away like that the last the last night um so it was really really yeah it was really sad like everyone was so upset because we had all worked you know really hard to make 
these special memories and we're hopeful that they got to experience some of them and it's just you know you never know how much time you have left with someone and hearing stories like that you just want to do everything you can for them um and it was it was a really sobering moment i think yeah wow that was i was not expecting that i'm i'm honest i'm a little teary-eyed from that that yeah. is that is yeah i mean i'm glad that you guys were able to do as 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 much as you could to make their experience together uh, yeah yeah just, just great but. Yeah, and in situations like that, you know, we had the lifeguards, guest services, entertainment, all working together to make something happen. And that's the really cool thing about about working for Disney is when you want to make magic happen, there's all these tools at your disposal to make them happen, and the managers have your back on what you want to do. Um, so, you know, as sad as it was, like, that was a moment where we all came together and cooperated and made something really special for them. Yeah, and I think that's just what makes... The, the Disney parks just so special you get moments like that I mean that's not the only time I've heard cast members just going above and beyond and yeah it's I mean you must feel great about yourself having done that and you were able to yeah. help out and be part of that as, as sad as, as sad as that is so. yeah yeah so yeah I wanted to share that story because it just shows how cast members do go above and beyond for the guests uh, and, and especially in the tough times of their lives when they particularly need it. And yeah, I just thought that was a great story. So CJ, thank you for sharing that one on the show. Um, yeah. So uh, we are now on to our last clip of the episode. This is coming from episode 90, where Madison came on the show talking about how she was training as a vacation planner. Uh, and she has some pretty funny stories to share along with it. And uh, vacation planners are those folks at the front of the park that sell the tickets. So, uh, yeah, Madison was great. She had a lot of good stories to share. So make sure you check out that episode. But here is uh, one clip that I particularly uh, like. So it's actually a lot more intense than most of the sort of like park operations roles. You get 10 days instead of five. Um, so all my roommates worked in some variety of quick service food and beverage, and they all had five days of training on the job, but I actually had five days of training at Disney university. So we sat down with our trainers and we had the sort of computer systems that the vacation planners had. They would show us all the ticket packages, how to handle money. Um, as a vacation planner, you're handling like sometimes thousand dollar transactions, whereas people that are scooping ice cream are only dealing with small amounts of money. So there was a lot more pressure for us to sort of get it right. Um, and they teach you a lot about sort of how to find the best vacation packages for guests because you don't realize how many people don't actually know what they need. Um, so it's a lot of that sort of training. And then you have another five days of training on the job with a trainer sitting and watching you actually do transactions as guests come up to you. I feel like the part where you kind of figure out what families need, I feel like that might be a little fun. Did you find any fun in that? Or is that just actually one of the more frustrating parts of the job? <laughs> no, I, I really loved it. Um, because I knew so much about Disney before I even started the program, I think it was a really great role for me because I sort of knew already how to offer people things that would suit them the most. But you know, as someone that goes to Disney regularly, I'm sure like yourself, you wouldn't think about how many people actually show up and have no idea what they need. Um, and you find that a lot of people don't even know that 
the ticket packages get cheaper each day. So sometimes you find people that have been to four parks already and each day they've gone up and bought an individual ticket. Ooh. And so they've spent hundreds <laughs> of dollars oh. more than they need to spend. So oh, no. it's sort of our job. Yeah, it's our job to try and to try and figure out that intention from the very beginning and say, hey, actually, um, this package might suit you better. So in no way were we trained to upsell, but we were actually trained to look out for ways that we could save people money by putting them into a package that would, would benefit them more. Well, I mean, that's great to hear that uh, part that you're you're trying to save people money and not just trying to upsell them on stuff. But man, I can't, was that, a, was that like a pretty, uh, did that happen often where people would just do that, where they would buy one park per day? <laughs> and then like, was that a, t- please tell me that was not a, uh, a usual thing. I mean, stuff like that happened a lot more often than, you know, than I would have liked. A lot of times you were just kind of like clenching your teeth together, like, oh, please don't tell me this is true. Like, like we had one day where um, I was greeting in the queue. So I wasn't in a booth. I was standing outside and just managing the lines. And a girl came up to me. She was obviously flustered about being in line for a long time. And she said, can I go ahead and buy my tickets online and then go into the park? And I said, you'll still need to wait to pick up your you know your card or your magic band if you want to buy a magic band but you're welcome to buy it online it might speed up the process so she comes back to me with her ticket to universal studios and shows me oh i just bought my ticket and i thought oh goodness they are non-refundable either you committed and so i told her i said you bought a ticket to universal studios and she said okay so i just take the bus there right and i thought oh goodness no you have to take a taxi like 20 miles down I-4, but she had no problem with it. But yeah, stuff like that happened to us all the time where people were just kind of wildly unaware and you just wanted to, you wanted to help them, but there's only so much you can do. Only if you could see the look on my face right now. My jaw, <laughs> my jaw is literally open because I can't believe yeah. that. Oh my, that's, uh, wow. Okay. I don't know how I'd be able to handle those situations, but I'm glad you were there <laughs> to, to make sure that they were okay. Um, but I guess yeah, they best were, we could. Yeah, I mean, I have heard that in the past where people think that Universal and Disney are the same thing. So I guess that kind of makes sense not thinking about it. But man, that was uh, that's pretty rough. But <laughs> so yeah, you get you, when you know people that do that do Disney, you forget that these things happen. And that job was really eye opening for me. How many people actually don't know what Disney consists of, or even Disney World versus Disneyland? That one is a big one as well. Oh, why do people like buy tickets for Disneyland and not realize that it's different? That happened as well? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. So what would, I mean, is there anything that you could do in that case? Like, because luckily it's Disney affiliate. It's the same. It's Disney. Like, are you able to do anything for them at that point? Usually we would send them to guest relations. um, And it's completely up to Disneyland at that point if they want to go ahead and refund the ticket, knowing that the person is actually going to go ahead and purchase a ticket for Walt Disney World, but it's not guaranteed by any means. Um, and usually at guest relations, the guest is told that Disneyland will make the decision in a couple of days, but obviously you're not going to get your money back within the next 10 seconds to turn around and buy a ticket. So you'd have to sort of put out your money up front now to buy a ticket to Epcot or Magic Kingdom or wherever you're going, and then basically just hope that Disneyland will go ahead and refund it. But there's no guarantee whatsoever. And it depends depends on sort of how many tickets you bought if you bought a package stuff like that oh man that's rough that is yeah that is tough i don't think i could do that yeah absolutely. i mean 
Yeah, I just think those stories are hilarious and it just blows my mind how it's just, I guess some people just really don't understand the difference between like Disney and Universal. Uh, I remember even after recording the episode, Madison had some more stories to share and uh, I, I'll probably have to get her on like a future episode at some point, but yeah, they were, they were, they were great, but. All right, well, that is it for episode 100. I really hope you guys enjoyed uh, the special treat that I had for you. I thought this was a good idea. Let me know what you guys think. Send me an email or comment uh, uh, of what you thought. But uh, this just kind of uh, puts just like a kind of bow on the the interview with the cast member episodes because I, I really did love doing them these past years or this past year. I've, I've met a lot of, lot of cool people. Um, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, you guys enjoy the episodes and yeah like I said I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them coming so don't worry uh, but yeah this was this was fun I really enjoyed doing this and and again like these are just like the small little moments that came from these episodes these these folks have so much more to share and I just could only pick out my my favorite little little tidbits so make sure you guys go back and listen to all of the episodes that were mentioned on the uh, podcast today or listen to all the other interviews because they're just they're they're all fantastic so. All right, well, I am going to get out of here for episode 100. Uh, But yeah, that is going to wrap it up for this episode. We will be back with another news episode on Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen on that episode because there was already a lot of news this past week with D23. Uh, And I also apologize because I found out uh, uh, the day of recording this that uh, I left a mistake (laughs) in my previous episode. Um, so a buddy of mine just told me, reached out. I honestly, I was looking for that mistake for a long time and I, I, it was late and I couldn't like, I didn't want to listen back to the episode and I just wanted to make sure I could post it. Uh, and I skimmed through the episode thinking I could find uh, it was there, but it wasn't. So I thought I had gotten all the mistakes. So, uh, that is, yeah, a nice little error that I left on. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that. Hopefully I didn't curse because sometimes I do curse if I mess something up. Um, but yeah, I wonder how many of those I've actually I've done over the hundred episodes. How many little bloopers? But uh, if actually here's a, here's a word of advice. Here, here's a word of advice. Um, if you're trying to do a podcast, or if you have any desire to do a podcast, or actually this goes to anything in general. When you first start out doing it, it's never gonna be perfect. Uh, it, you're always gonna critique it, and you're 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 your own worst critic. Uh, I mean, that's like been said all the time, but you you truly are. So once if you're first starting out, uh, it will get better as you go along, it, and that comes to learning anything. Like if you're learning how uh, to paint or play a sport, like it's it's anything. You're just gonna get better at it over time. Um, but even with a hundred episodes, I still make mistakes. But I remember when I first started the podcast. I, 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 they, God, they're terrible. I think they're so bad. Like listening, I can't even listen back to them now to how bad they are. Um, but I, I grew over time. I evolved and I, I, I figured out my stride of how to, to, to kind of keep this going. But yeah, not every, every episode is going to be perfect. There's going to be, uh, some errors here and there. And, uh, the last episode was just, it was great because it was fun listening about TD23 and learning about all about that. But like, we had a lot of audio issues uh, that were going on. I 
had to like stop recording it like maybe four or five times. So in the episode, like there's actually a lot of splits and edits that I had to put into it. And uh, again, I thought I found all of them. I went back and fixed all of them, but I f apparently I forgot one. Um, so uh, yeah, the the, mis the mistakes happen, but yeah, don't 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 be perfectionist because uh, that's what I always try to be. But ex when you're trying to produce two episodes of podcasts a week, you cannot be a perfectionist. You gotta. You got to record it. You got to edit it. You got to ship it off. And that's it. If, if you spend too much time on it, you're going to pull your hair out. And that's how you will not have a podcast that lasts 100 episodes like me. Because I've, I've kind of gotten podcasts down to a science now. Um, yeah. And I've made it a lot easier on myself. So, uh, yeah, long story short, don't, don't be a perfectionist. Just uh, if, if you make something, just put it out there. Get everyone to see it because people won't notice those little mistakes. Uh, and, and you'll be fine. Um, I kind of took that. I started started a YouTube channel a few years ago. I still post some videos here and there. Um, and I was pretty hard on myself when I first started. I would need them to be perfect. But then I realized, nope, they, they don't need to be perfect. So, yeah. Anyways, I, I, so that was a little bit of a rant. But I thought that would pertain to uh, the podcast and going 100 episodes and how to stay sane while doing uh, 100 episodes of a podcast. Um, when you're producing it and recording it and editing it all, all by yourself. So, okay, now, all right, let's officially get out of here today. It's been a long, another long episode. We've had a lot of these long episodes, but yeah, I'm going to make this, this, uh, outro short. Uh, just, if you're not subscribing to the podcast already, please do so. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. Uh, and if you can, please leave a review. If you can, that's that five stars. Uh, it'll really help out the show. Um, make sure you're checking us out at excesspresspodcast.com. You are following me on social media at excesspresspodcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and again, 1,000 followers on Instagram now. That's, that's crazy. It's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, any, any other concerns, shoot me an email at matt at excesspresspodcast.com. If you want to be on a future episode of the interview with a cast member, let me know. But if you have like a cool idea in general, and maybe you want to be on the show, if you have like a very specific idea, uh, come talk to me. I'd love to get you on a future episode. Um, but yeah, so that is it. Thanks for tuning in for all 100 episodes of the Excess Press Podcast. This is Matt. Signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs>